1: what is good everybody welcome to the gold diggers podcast on the gold standard podcast network it is friday that means you got me stats and michelle Majuk is here what's up michelle
0: hey hey feels good to be on i feel like fridays are just flying now because of the holidays i think i felt like i just talked to you i love talking to you but i feel like i was just here
1: Maybe so, but you know what? I'm here for it. Everybody likes Fridays, including this review, which by the way, rate review, follow the gold standard podcast network, wherever you get your audio pods, like, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. This comes from Texas Niners fan. Spectacular is the subject five stars. This has got to be the most creative sports pod I've ever listened to. Come on, bringing a Steelers fan onto the mix. It's genius. Everybody on the show seems to have the ability to argue with their opinions and ideas and not get mad with each other. None of you guys hold grudges, except maybe Levin and Rob, and you keep it playful. This is what podcasts on sports should be. In other words, it is the gold standard. So there you go. That Someone happy?
0: likes it that I'm a Steelers fan. Some people do not.
1: That is why I wanted you to be a part of the network because you are not a... Well, I'm converting well, you to a 49ers fan, but you weren't at the time.
0: Yeah, if your goal was for to have someone on that's not a 49ers fan, you have now failed because now I care uh, too much.
1: Are you saying I should let you go?
0: Well, I can... Um, you know, if Sam Darnold's starting this year, I can start hating them <laughs> for you. Right.
1: That'll take care of itself. Yeah. <laughs> so we have been doing our fantasy football preview for the past few weeks we did quarterbacks we did running backs today is wide receivers by the way if you want those go back in the podcast feed or look on the youtube page they're there waiting for you we will count down the top 10 of all the positions that we've done so far what is your level of confidence with these wide receiver rankings
0: oh i don't know they don't feel great i'm not gonna lie they're they're kind of like boring in a way where it's just like there's a lot of great wide receivers and it's really hard not to put them into the top 10. So getting ballsy is kind of hard. I do have a couple names in here that are higher than I think some would expect or lower than some would expect. Uh, but, Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of elite wide receivers right now. So it's like when you're looking at the top 10, these guys should be in it as long as they stay healthy and something doesn't drastically change in their offense, which some guys do have that happening. But at the end of the episode, when I get through my top 10, I want to give my favorite later round wide receiver pick that everyone needs to take in their drafts.
1: All right. That's going to be interesting. I'm formulating guesses as to who that might be, but we will. I I think you could
0: have... 30 guesses, and I don't think you'd pick him, so. 30? Well, maybe 20.
1: Does he 20 play on the 49ers?
0: No. All right. Why would I say you have a ton of guesses, and you want to guess if he plays for the 49ers?
1: I know other things besides <laughs> the 49ers, Michelle. Okay.
0: Uh, I'll I'll actually quiz you to see if you even know this guy's name. You'll, you should know it, but maybe you won't, because you're not as big wow. into fantasy in the draft.
1: Oh. Hey, all of a sudden, I've been relegated to somebody that doesn't know anything about football. No, and is not-
0: you know a ton. I just don't know if you know like the wide receiver threes on teams, you know? All right, fine. Okay. You let's know of the name. It. I just don't know if you'll get it off the top of your head.
1: Okay. I can't wait till the end of the show, but let's kick it off with number 10.
0: All right. I'm going with CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys. He finishes the wide receiver seven last year in fantasy points per game, but. He had 156 targets and it's mostly due to the fact that there was really no other wide receivers there. I mean, at one point they brought in T Y Hilton to try to help out and Michael Gallup was still recovering from the ACL tear. Didn't look like himself for most of the season. And then Noah Brown, like that was literally like their second go-to guy for a wide receiver. And it it just all was CD lamb that's why I absolutely loved him going into last year. like I was super high on him because I knew he had to get all the targets, but he had a 28.6 percent team target share last year that was the sixth highest in the NFL, and that jumped up by 10 percent from the year prior. He only was at 18.8 percent in 2021. His targets went from 111 in 2020 in his rookie seasons to 120 in 2021, and then to 156 in Ooh. 2022. And I still think he's going to be the clear cut wide receiver on this team, but they did add Brandon cooks, who is a very, very good wide receiver. He's going to get a hundred plus targets as long as he's healthy. Like, and probably more than that, he deserves it. He's one of the best wide receiver twos you can have. Then you have Michael Gallup. Once a guys like you removed from ACL injury, they're normally get back on pace. He was very good before he tore his ACL. And then you have Tony Pollard who should be on the the field more and that means more receiving work for him and they did draft Deuce Vaughn running back he was like the best receiving back in the draft at 170 whatever pounds he has but I just I think his targets will go down a little bit so I have him falling in the ranks a little bit. He finished as wide receiver last wide receiver 7 last year I have him as wide receiver 10 this year. He had 7 games with 11 plus targets last year. That's just I don't see that keeping up.
1: This is what worries, man. You know this about me and the Cowboys. I'm not a fan of the Mike Mike McCarthy, McCarthy. Brian Schottenheimer offense. I don't know why you got to do the voice. That was clearly (laughs) unnecessary. McCarthy has flat out said, we want to run more. We're not interested in being the number one offense. Like, he is telling you.
0: Okay, but you can't run more because they don't have any running backs. They have Tony Pollard and that's it. How are they going to run?
1: Look, you don't have to convince me. I, I think it's a stupid strategy, but this is what they are telling you they are going to do. I still think Zeke Elliott may find a way to sneak back onto that roster too.
0: Please, I no.
1: I am not a fan of what the Cowboys are doing on offense. I do like CeeDee Lamb. I agree with you. He's clearly their wide receiver one. I'm not worried about Cooks. I think Cooks being there helps CeeDee Lamb more than it hurts because you do need like a viable threat. And your point about Michael Gallup is a good one also. Like Michael Gallup is a really strong wide receiver two, wide receiver three, whatever spot you want to put him in. But I just, I don't like what the Cowboys are doing on offense. I, I don't think it's going to work. I think they're going to be bad. I think there's a reason Mike McCarthy took the job and didn't run his offense because nobody wanted his offense because it stunk.
0: So I don't agree that they're going to be bad. I think Dak Prescott's going to be really good, but I just think they have so many more weapons now. And some might say, well, Dalton Schultz is gone. Maybe some of those targets can go to CeeDee Lamb. I don't really see that happening. Like they have other tight ends on the roster that they can use. It's not like Dalton Schultz was this like exceptional talent that it's like no one can replace him. They drafted Luke Schoonmaker in the second round and then also have uh, some younger guys that were on the roster last year. They can contribute. And I think they all kind of add up to Dalton Schultz's targets last year. So I don't really see those transitioning to the wide receivers all too much.
1: Sign me to nine watching on my Twitch page at stats on fire says professional stats today. Glasses in a collar took Michelle two seconds after we hopped in the studio to say, Oh, you got your old man glasses on today.
0: They are kind of old man glasses.
1: Why? What is old man ish about them?
0: I don't know. Maybe that What would not? be the
1: young, hip, cool glasses I could have worn today? Maybe Please. it's
0: your skinny face with the rectangle glasses.
1: I'm sorry that my head is an oval, all right? What do you want from me? I'm one of I those. I think that's
0: old- why you need like oval, like some type of, you know, curves in your glasses because you have. You know, I have what? I, I, like a skinny face. I feel like you just need. <laughs> they look great on you.
1: Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Let's just get to number nine.
0: Uh number 9 is my boy Garrett Wilson if I could have him higher would Jets wide receiver going into his second year offensive rookie of the year last year had 1103 yards last season with <laughs> Zach Wilson Joe <Bill> Flacco <laughs> and Mike White like I don't know how much worse it could be for a rookie wide receiver. Like it's not even like he's a veteran and he knows how to play with different quarterbacks. No, he went into this league and immediately was able to play with any quarterback and some really, really bad ones. So last year he only had eight games with five plus catchable targets. Per but in those eight games, he averaged 99 receiving yards per game and averaged over 20 fantasy points per game in PPR. He had more than 6 catchable targets in just 4 games last year. He averaged 111 receiving yards per game and 22.5 fantasy points in those games. Aaron Rodgers, he might be a lot to handle, but he is a good quarterback and he's an accurate quarterback and he knows how to get his wide receivers the ball. We've seen DeVonte Adams dominate. We've seen a lot of wide receivers dominate with Aaron Rodgers. Garrett Wilson is a very, very special wide receiver. So I see no reason why he and Aaron Rodgers can't have that similar connection as he's had with other great wide receivers in the past. Just get Garrett Wilson, the ball where he could possibly catch it where it's catchable (laughs) and he's going to do special things. It was just atrocious last year.
1: Garrett Wilson is a stud. Uh, I interviewed him before the draft. I love, like, he strikes me as one of those, like, all business type of guys. He told me, I because the draft was in Vegas, I was like, what are you going to do? You know, after the draft, it's Vegas. Like, you got to go out and celebrate. And he was like, nope, all I do is play video games and study film. That was it. I was like, I love this guy. I want him on my team. Um, That stat you gave at the beginning was just absolutely phenomenal. Just how bad the Jets quarterback situation was. And you're right about Rodgers. Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb. Jordy Nelson, if he likes you and he has faith in you, he is going to just pepper you with footballs. Garrett Wilson, to me, could have a monster year this year. I'm surprised he's not higher on your list, to be honest with you.
0: I know I could put him higher if someone wanted to Like, just keep putting them over it, but it's like all the to- other guys are like top notch guys. It's really hard to say like Garrett Wilson, who we think can be top notch, who we think can be elite in this league, put him ahead of these other guys who we already know are elite and they're still in pretty decent situations.
1: Who was your number one fantasy running back?
0: Bijan John Robinson.
1: Uh-huh. Do we know that he can produce in this league? Yes. No. Yes. No. Running
0: backs are very different than wide receivers.
1: Okay. That's fair. All right. Garrett Wilson at number nine. I would love to have Garrett Wilson on my team. The uh, th-
0: someone said you could put him higher. It's your list. That is true.
1: That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Find me two nine, baby. Love it. All right. So we got Ceedee lamb and Garrett Wilson. Who's number eight.
0: Number eight, AJ Brown of the Eagles. And Garrett, wow, like, this so is Garrett, high for him. Is it? He finishes a wide receiver, eight in fantasy points per game last year. For a season with the Eagles. So I have him finishing pretty much exactly the same. And that's like my analysis is not great for AJ Brown because I don't really see a reason for it to change all that much. He put up 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns last year. He did have five of the touchdowns in two games. So possibly those touchdown numbers can go down a little bit. But it's AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard. And those are the three guys in that offense and they're going to get all the targets. I will say though, with there being three great guys, there were weeks that AJ Brown just completely disappeared. He had uh three for 32 yards in week five, one reception for seven yards in week 10. Uh, and then a couple games of like four for 46, uh, three for 32. Like there's just some games that he just completely disappeared. And then games, he completely went off. He's great to have and every wide receiver in fantasy for the most part is inconsistent. They don't have an amazing game every single week, but it does scare me a little bit with how low AJ Brown's like floor is when you're, when you're considering the Eagles offense are so good at running the ball. And if they get a huge lead with running the ball in the first half, they're not going to start passing in the second. So that's just my biggest worry with AJ Brown. I'm putting him right where he was last year, because I, Don't see it changing all that much.
1: Another year in the offense. Hopefully, Jalen Hurts develops a little more as a passer. That could help. But the other thing that's scary is like if the Eagles get, you know, inside the 10-yard line, the five-yard line, like they're running. They're running it in to score with either with a running back or with Jalen Hurts. So that obviously hurts AJ Brown. I I think their offense is going to be really good this year. I love Brown. I think we sleep on the fact that, like, oh, it was his first year there. Like, yeah, and they put together this fantastic friggin' season. I'm as much as I hate to give the Eagles credit, I do think that they're a very good offense. And I think Brown, I'm surprised he's not uh, higher up on this list, to be well, honest.
0: Devonta Smith is so freaking good, too. So he's going to get a ton of targets, and a ton of work. And it could be any given game where the defense is focusing in on A.J. Brown too much. Then Hurts can just go over to Smith. So that's kind of the reason where I'm putting him behind all these other guys. But, I mean, he's... this is what I'm saying. All these players on this list are great. So when we're (laughs) nitpicking being wide receiver seven or six, it's like, okay, maybe he could like, I'm not, if I have you ranked as the wide receiver eight and you end as wide receiver six, it's like, yeah, that's like, yeah, it's pretty much what I thought.
1: Well, it's kind of what you thought.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But it's not like I'd be like, wow, I was so wrong about this guy. You know,
1: very fair. Number seven.
0: Devante Adams. This one's risky because we know He's fantastic, but, but, but we have no idea what this offense is going to look like this year. There is no Derek Carr for the first time in what feels like my entirety of life. Just get Derek Carr out of the league, please. I don't want to watch him anymore, <laughs> but uh, he's no longer with the Raiders. And now Jimmy Garoppolo is he even healthy. Is he going to play? I mean, I guess all expectations are that he will, how long will he stay healthy for? Can he make it through a full season? If not? Aiden O'Connell is going to be throwing passes to Devontae Adams. A rookie out of Purdue. The late round rookie rookie at that. Like not great. That's not great outlook. But also they added Jacoby Myers. Hunter Runfro missed a ton of time last year. He should be back. He's going to get targets. And it was just Devonta Adams last year, and that's it. And he had a great season 1,500 yards, 14 receiving touchdowns. Awesome. He had five games with over 30 fantasy points. It was second most behind only Justin Jefferson. I mean, those are game winning weeks. And having Devonta Adams was absolutely amazing on your team. He also, just like A.J. Brown, completely disappeared in games. He had 12. Receiving yards: thirty-six. Receiving yards: three. Receiving yards: twenty-eight. Receiving yards: fifteen. Receiving yards. That's a handful of games where he was just nowhere to be found, and I don't know if that was Derek Carr or that was Josh McDaniels, but I have a feeling it was Josh McDaniels. Like it would like Derek Carr and him were just like I'm fired sometimes in the beginning of games, and then they would just go away from Adams completely. <laughs> uh,
1: Devontae Adams, I think, is the best wide receiver in the league. He had nine touchdowns last year of 30 yards or more. Nine of 30 yards or more. Most guys, a lot of guys don't even have nine in a single season. He made huge plays for this team. 14 total touchdowns on the year. I don't think that the drop off from David Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo will be that big. If Garoppolo is healthy, the problem is yes.
0: Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. So I'm not even so much worried about that. And it's not like Derek Carr was a big touchdown thrower either. He still wasn't last year. And Adam's, St- had 14 receiving touchdowns. So Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr are kind of similar in that way where they're fine. Accuracy wise, they make stupid boneheaded mistakes and they <laughs> throw a ton of touchdowns. Like that's also a worry with Devonte Adams was it just, I know he put up 14 last year, but is that, is that going to be able to happen again with another quarterback who doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns? I don't know. And I'll,
1: a guy who's going to be hurt. He's going to miss time. Jimmy Garoppolo always yeah, misses. You're already point.
0: hurt, and they're already questioning your foot. Like, are you really going to make it?
1: Yeah, well, someone said, "Who is is
0: JG better than Carr? And every single metric in his career. I know they've played in different systems, but
1: good Moo, that's, that's Moo. We love Moo. Um, is Jimmy Garoppolo better than – I mean, I don't think it's – I think it's six of one half a dozen of another, to be honest with you. By just – for where you're going to have to draft Adams and considering – the fact that Aiden O'Connell is probably going to play. If history holds, I don't know if I would be willing to, to make that leap, even though he That's does- why
0: he's seven, he could be, listen, if you wanted him to be the first wide receiver off the board, fine. Like he, like you said, he's maybe the best wide receiver in the league, at least top three. So wherever you want to draft him, I'm like, I could see him finishing as a wide receiver one, right. I could also see it being a disaster of a year. So that's why I kind of have him here at wide receiver seven because I am a little bit worried about how this Raiders season is going to go.
1: You want consistency and you want predictability when, yeah. especially when you're talking with your high draft picks. So I get why you have Adams there. All right, so we are through seven. Let's go at number six now.
0: All right, number six, Jamar Chase.
1: Jamar Chase. Mm, I know.
0: I in the ADP, he's the wide receiver two. So I do have him a bit lower here. So if he were to end as a wide receiver two, and I had him as a wide receiver six, that would be a miss. I'm that would be too low on him, but he was a wide receiver four fantasy points per game last year, wide receiver five in his rookie season. So I actually have him possibly having the worst season of his career by one spot, but his yards per reception went way down last year compared to his rookie season, which was predictable because we saw, I mean, he just started on fire. He was like averaging 22 yards per reception for the first (laughs) half of his rookie season. And then that ended up coming way down in the second half of his rookie season. But then even in the second half of his rookie season, he was still averaging 15.1 yards per reception, which was down from the 22 in the first seven weeks of his rookie season. But last year it was only 12 yards per reception. That's way, way down. Hopefully it can increase a little bit again. I mean, he's talented enough to be targeted deep. He's talented enough to get to get so many yards after the catch, but they were using him a bit different last year. And like, they have so many weapons. I know it's like the same weapons they had last year, but I still think they need to get T Higgins more involved. And he did like, he was dealing with his own injuries last year for a big chunk at the beginning of the season. And then you have Tyler Boyd, who's still there. They added Charlie Jones, who's a talented wide receiver by the way, uh, Charlie Jones was Aiden O'Connell's favorite target. So I don't really know why I just brought that up. Okay. okay. uh I was just like, "Wow, I'm talking about Purdue Purdue, uh, players a lot here, but anyways, Higgins missed three of the nine games that, um, that chase went off last year. So that still means that chase had six great games with Higgins on the field. I just, I, I don't I don't think he's going to have as monster of a year. If T Higgins can stay on the field all year, if Tyler Boyd's there, if like burrow has been the most consistent, his efficiency has been off the church. If that just comes down a little bit, like I just don't think that Jamar chase is a top three wide receiver this year. And I just, I have him a little bit lower than the other guys. He had like the he had one, two, three, four, five games with 13 or fewer PPR points last year. And when you're drafting a guy this early, he only played 14 games, so if he had five of his 14 games with 13 or fewer fantasy points, that's being really, really inconsistent.
1: I think what happened was Jamar came into the league, and people were stunned with how good he was, and they was like, "Oh my god!" Then that off season happened, and everybody was like, "We can't let Jamar Chase get deep; he's too good." So defenses adjusted and forced him to go shorter on shorter routes and that's why his yards per reception went down now we have to see like okay how are the Bengals going to adjust to what defenses did last year and we'll see if that goes back up or not I love everything about this offense from a fantasy perspective they have a a ground game with Joe Mixon that's good enough they have a bunch of targets like you said and Joe Burrow is as good as they come it's just how consistent do you think Jamar Chase is going to be I don't I think he's going to have a, a bounce back year this year. I think if he had been healthy, he missed four games last year. If he had just yeah. played and done like his average in those games, I think he would be a lot higher on people's lists. So I'm going to have a well, little, he's
0: a, he's a wide receiver two on people's lists right now. Cause ADP. So he's only going after Justin Jefferson. Yep. But like I said, last year, I was just looking at points per game. and He was a wide receiver four. Yeah. I, I do think there's one guy on here that I'm really risking it. Right. Cause I actually, like this guy more than Jamar Chase this upcoming year. You can end up getting both, though, because you don't have to take Ooh. this other one this early. But this is my big risky one right now for PPR leagues. I'm going to get that. Number five. All right. Number five, Amon Ra St. Brown of the Lions. He had 106 receptions last year, fifth most among wide receivers, and that was being injured from weeks four through seven and playing very, very limited snaps. So he missed one game during that time and the other games he came back, he was playing less than 30% of the snaps of the game. And he still put up the fifth most receptions among wide receivers. He's had 196 career receptions throughout his first two seasons, which is tied for the most in NFL history among all players in their first two seasons tied with Justin Jefferson and Michael Thomas. Now he doesn't get the glory like those other two guys do because you know Justin Jefferson's putting up way more yards per reception so that's true but like in fantasy a a reception's a reception I'm going to take it and I am fine with that and he does have the capability to be used deeper down the field to get those yards after catch I think he's super talented but you have DJ Chark gone now you have Mm -hmm. TJ Hawkinson gone now Deandre Swift gone now, which I do like Jameer Gibbs, but he's still a rookie. We don't know how he'll be. And Jamison Williams, who we thought was going to step in and maybe compete for that wide receiver one role, or at least be a viable wide receiver two is now suspended the first six games. So it's a St. Brown and pretty much nobody else at wide receiver, or tight end position. I do love me some Sam Laporta, but rookie tight ends. I cannot, mm-hmm. you know, be too nope. high on and Over Amon Ross St. Brown's last 20 career games in which he played 25 snaps, which is not a high threshold here. I'm just saying that he, you know, actually played the game. He has averaged 20.6 PPR points per game. He has been elite. He has been absolutely elite as long as he's healthy and playing the full game or playing half of a game even. So Jared Goff still there. That's his dude. I absolutely love him this year.
1: I think it too. When you look back last year in week five against the Patriots, he had four catches for 18 yards and then against Dallas the next week, one catch for four yards. But other than that, his floor was pretty high. His yeah. lowest well, that's game
0: I That was when he was injured. So he missed week four. He clearly came back and was not back back.
1: His, yeah. his worst game since then is the final game of the year against green Bay. And it was six for 49. So that's, you know, if that's your worst game when you're healthy, like, that's a pretty consistent thing. It is crazy when you look back at his draft class, right? In a draft class that had Jamar Chase, Devante Smith, and Jalen Waddle in it. Amon Ra St. Brown has more catches than anybody in that yep. draft class. It's wild, but I get why he's here. Uh, it's bold to have him above Jamar Chase. but
0: Now, if you're in a standard league where you don't get any points per reception, that moves Amon Ra down quite a bit. And I'm taking guys like Jamar Chase, like Adams, like A.J. Brown over him at least those three guys, because they scored touchdowns consistently. That's something Amon Ra hasn't really done too much. Well, I mean, he's only in his second season, but I do like, they're going to need him this year. Jamal Williams stole what 18 rushing touchdowns last year.
1: He had more rushing attempts, I think, inside the five yard line than anybody in the last 30 years.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine they score as many t- rushing touchdowns as they did last year. They're going to have to throw more, which should give more opportunities to Monroe to score more touchdowns.
1: I have no problem saying he'll put up just as many catches and yards as he did last year. I don't know if he's going to have any more touchdowns. I'm not as high on the Lions as everybody else. I feel like we're all freaking out because they weren't a losing team last year. They were one game over five hundred. One game.
0: Yes, but they won seven of the last eight games. Like, you can so keep what? ignoring that, that part.
1: How does that count more than what happened earlier in the year?
0: Because it's a good indicator of what they're going to do the next year.
1: No, it's not. Years don't carry over. If you over. get
0: better over a year, it's It's normally a pretty good indicator that you're going to.
1: <sighs> no way. Yes. Just because you win games at the end of the year doesn't mean all of a sudden now you're going to be good next year. What if it you...
0: does? It, it has a... Yes, it does sometimes. And I'm not saying every single time, but if you see the team grow, especially with the amount of times the Lions lost by like this much, if like in the beginning of the the season.
1: That's the league. Yes, it changes.
0: But if they but that changes every single year. We see the teams get lucky with the bounces. The teams not get lucky with the bounces. Like last year, the 49ers could not have been luckier with every single, but every single bounce went their way. I like think every time I was like, well, wow, they are so incredibly lucky. We talked about that all last year, how lucky they're getting. And that could change next year. And that's something to worry about where anytime someone fumbled, the ball would bounce right back into their lap. Or if another team fumbled, they would bounce right into the 49ers la- lap or uh, like it, it was a lot of luck last year.
1: So the lions are really good and they just got really unlucky, but the 49ers are not that good. They just the 49ers got really are
0: great. I'm just saying uh-huh. from year to year, the bounce, the ball can change.
1: Oh, it absolutely can. I just, I think the reason they lost those games early in the year is because I think Dan Campbell stinks as a head coach. I don't think he's any good. I think if he wasn't so good behind a microphone, people would yeah. not be slurping Dan Campbell as much as they are. I'm
0: with, I'm with you there.
1: Who's he out coaching? Honestly, who is Dan Campbell outsmarting as a head I would, coach?
0: like, run through a wall for him. So it's weird he's not a good coach. But, I mean, yeah. I don't know. We don't know yet. We don't
1: know Mike yet. Singletary gave good speeches, too. He wasn't a good coach for the 49ers either. All right. Number four.
0: All right. It's Stefan Diggs with the Bills, as long as he's cool and is back. <sighs> Yeah. So he said it everything was overblown. So hopefully it's just hopefully it's just chill because the Bills really, really needs Stefan Dakes. I mean, without yes. him, there's nobody else. But wide receiver five fantasy points per game last season, wide receiver seven in 2021, wide receiver three in 2020. So every year with the Bills, he's just been great. But what I love to see is the consistency with his number of targets that has nice. not changed it's 164 164 154 and it's just he's the number one guy there he's going to get all of his targets they haven't added anybody else still somehow like I don't know how they made it another off season without adding a more Reliable wide receiver two. Now DeAndre Hopkins is still out there, and that would change things. But Ooh,
1: that would be awesome.
0: That would be pretty freaking cool. But right <laughs> now, it's just Gabe Davis, who yeah, he's fun and all when he makes his big plays. But I think last year was his chance to prove that he was worthy of being a wide receiver two in the league, and he didn't quite hit that mark. So it's still just Stefan Diggs and not a whole else, a lot else. But the only reason that Diggs fell the wide receiver 7 in 2021 was because of his um catch percentage being so freaking low and i talked about this last year on this podcast at this time it was 63% in 2021 when his average in his career has always sat around 70 so that's i like we knew that was going to increase like it has to go back to the average and that's what it did it went right back to 70.1 last year and he was the wide receiver five in fantasy points per game and had uh, a much better season overall when it came to receiving yards he had over 200 more receiving yards while actually having 10 fewer targets from 2021 so with all that said i think Like, there's no reason to predict his catch percentage will fall down again. He still is Josh Allen. He's still the wide receiver one. He's, like, the safest wide receiver I think you can draft.
1: I love everything about Stephon Diggs on paper, right? Since he's gotten to Buffalo, he's got more catches than any receiver in the league over the last three years. And only Devontae Adams has accounted for a higher percentage of his team's receiving yards than Stephon Diggs. Everything you said is good, and you throw in the fact that Josh Allen got hurt last year. he hurt his UCL, the same thing that yeah. Brock Purdy hurt, and that clearly affected Josh Allen, which obviously impacts Stefan Diggs and all the other wide receivers. But
0: I mean, you have the numbers up right now. His numbers, once Josh Allen got hurt, Stefan Diggs numbers go completely down. He was dominating the league before yeah. that. So I may have him too low, but I can't these top three guys are just too good to uh, to consider Stefan Diggs over. But he, he had at, at least it's like the safest.
1: Diggs had at least 100 yards in 5 out of the first 7 games of the season last year before Josh Allen got hurt. But here's the thing that I don't that scares me with him is what the hell is going on with him and the Bills. Sean McDermott immediately when Diggs wasn't there said he was very concerned. Then the next day he says, "Oh, I'm not actually concerned." But yet they're trying to make it like Diggs went AWOL. And he's saying that's not true at all. And Josh Allen even admitted that they sent Diggs home. He didn't just bail on the team. Something is up with them. And I don't know why, but something stinks in Buffalo. And I don't know where it could possibly, like, what's Diggs beef? You're seeing the ball more than anybody else, dude. Like, what is the problem? We know that he left Minnesota because he was unhappy there. And, you know, I just start to wonder, like, if everywhere you go, it smells like check your shoes, dude. Maybe it's you.
0: Yeah. And what like you would almost feel better if you were like, oh, well, he just wants money. Cause you're like, okay, just give him that contract extension then. But he just got his money last year. So it is very, very confusing that we don't know what's really going on. And it always seemed like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs were like best buds. So did something happen there? Like what is happening? And that's, that is a worry, but hopefully by the time we have to draft, we have an understanding of where they're at. Hopefully he's been at training camp the whole time. Like if he's at training camp and participating, then he'll be fine.
1: i just I don't like it. And I don't like Josh Allen blaming the media for it. Like it's somehow the media's fault that the head coach said he's very concerned. And it's somehow the media's fault that Diggs was there and then went home. Like we didn't make any of that stuff up. Those are things that happened. We just talked about it. I hate when players blame the media for stuff. It drives me crazy. So I hope they get it straightened out because like you said, there's really not anybody else in Buffalo. I know they drafted Dalton Kincaid, but like he's a tight end. He's coming in as a rookie. He's probably not going to be a massive contributor in year one. So they need him on offense and they're, you know, a team that expects to be in the Super Bowl this year in the AFC. And if they don't have digs, forget it.
0: Oh, I mean, they don't have anyone then it's Josh Allen's great, but he can't no one's winning. I guess Patrick Mahomes just won a Super Bowl with very limited wide receiver options, but he had Travis Kelsey. That's right. the difference. Josh Allen doesn't have a Travis Kelsey yet. They did draft Dalton Kincaid. He's not going to be Travis Kelsey in year one, or probably ever. There would be nobody for Josh Allen.
1: Waveware says it was their, la- it was their last game, I think. Diggs was yelling at out on the sideline and apparently still going on. Are you giving up or something to that effect? I do remember... Diggs yelling, yelling at him on the sideline, but I also like guys yell at each other during games. There's clips of Peyton Manning tearing his offensive line to shreds during games. Like sometimes, you know, you're in the heat of the moment. Guys yell at each other. It's it's not a thing that sticks sometimes. Maybe sometimes it is, but usually it's like everybody kind of gets like, all right, we're in the game. Like what's set on the sideline stays on the sidelines.
0: It did kind of feel like the Bills didn't have the same heart they normally play with during that game. Something off.
1: I don't, honestly, I got to rewatch it. I'd like to rewatch it to see how I feel. I don't remember how I felt at the time, but I'm not saying you're wrong.
0: Cause I, I always love Josh Allen and the bills for that reason. They play with so much heart and it's so much fun. Like it just kind of reminds me of college football in that way where it's like, Josh Allen will like freaking die for this win. He did not <laughs> seem like that during that game. Something was off.
1: No, I don't know. I, I want to rewatch it. Now you got me curious. All right. Number three.
0: All right. I'm going with Cooper cup of the Rams. I wanted to put him number one. I should have. Because you know what, <laughs> like, like someone said, these are my rankings. Why did I do it? The only reason I'm not is because the Rams were such a dumpster fire last year and their offensive line is not really anything improved. And it just seems like there might even be a worse dumpster fire this year with the the losses they had. I don't know if I could trust him getting through this full season or being good for a full season, but he was a wide receiver one in fantasy points per game last year. Last year, like, yeah, he only played half the year, but in those games, he scored the most out of anyone else per game wide receiver one in 2021 by a gazillion, like no one was even close to him. He was one of four wide receivers last season with five games of 25 plus fantasy points. The only other guys were Justin Jefferson, Devonte Adams, Tyreek kill and Cooper cup, which Hill had six games. Adams had seven Jefferson had nine and cup had five, but cup played nine games. And in his last game, he played with John Wolford and had what negative three (laughs) receiving yards. So like he literally played pretty much eight games all of last season. And five of those games had over 25 plus fantasy points. And two of the games had over 30 fantasy points. Only Justin Jefferson and Devante Adams had more such games last year. And like Cooper cup did this barely playing it's still Matthew Stafford there he's still the wide receiver one like no one else is going to compete he's going to get all the targets if he's healthy on the field you play he's playing and Matthew Stafford is there he's probably going to be the wide receiver one again like that's it
1: yeah it comes down to what's your confidence that he'll stay healthy and that Stafford will stay healthy because if they're both there they're going to produce we know Sean McVay can can get the ball to anybody he wants to get it to I just I get very scared with the guy that you know, has had some health issues. I don't know what the hell is even going on with Matthew Stafford. That's kind of a scary injury with him, but you know, he says he's going to play and uh, LaFleur is there. Mike LaFleur is there coming over from the jets. He was the jets OC. He was with McVay back in the day. Now they're together again. So I think their offense will be better than it was last year. If you want to roll those dice, I could see it. I'm surprised you have him at number three, because I do think that's a big gamble to take. But if you just look at the production from when he was healthy you're right he's up there with anybody
0: I mean it's just he doesn't have any bad weeks he had that like the last game he played in which he got injured yes he had negative one receiving yards on three (laughs) receptions but that was with John Wolford like I'm just not the worst game besides that he had a 16 yard or sorry 16 fantasy point game and a 16 fantasy point game those were his worst games last year the others 31 32 26 26 23 27 (laughs) absurd like and this is what he did the year prior too it's not just like oh we had a half of season to this he was dominating every single game and it all comes down to really like Cooper Cup should be okay right like he had his injury there's no reason to assume he's going to get another injury it does come down to Matthew Stafford's back that's the one that's like can he make it through a season? And if the Rams are losing games, does he even want to make it through a full season?
1: Right. I feel like they, he kind of shut it down last year. Yeah. And he, and so did Cooper Cup. he didn't,
0: he could have came back. I feel like at some point, yeah, there was a chance for that. I feel like if they were actually making a playoff run or going to the, you know, trying actually made the playoffs, I do feel like he probably would have pushed himself back but there was no point to, and that's your biggest worry with guys that are on bad teams. It's like, if they sustain an injury and their team sucks, they might not come back
1: it down. Yeah. yeah. Why, why have cup ahead of digs? Cause digs is, is very consistent also. And there's less health scare there.
0: Cause digs doesn't put up 30 point games consistently. Like Cooper cup does. Like okay. the, the upside is higher with Cooper cup and the floor is just the same. Like, Cooper cup doesn't have bad games. I know Stefan Diggs has very few bad games as well, even though at the end of last year he did, but that was with Josh Allen being injured. But the upside with Cooper cup is just so much greater, especially like even when it comes to touchdowns, not even just receiving yards.
1: Okay. I I could buy that higher highs is a good. Justification as any Uh, number two.
0: All right. Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. He's not number one. He's number two. So he was the wide receiver one last year overall wide receiver two and fantasy points per game behind Cooper cup, but he only played nine games. It's not completely fair to compare the two when one played 17 and one played nine. He had nine games with 25 plus fantasy points. Most in the NFL, only two other wide receivers had five such games. I already mentioned that was Adams and Tyreek Hill. Adams had seven Hill had six. Now they did add Jordan Addison in the first round of the draft. They added TJ Hawkinson late last year. And he was getting a ton of targets immediately. And then they added KJ Osborne, uh, or sorry, didn't add KJ Osborne, but he's still there and he's going to be involved. Justin Jefferson's going to be the clear cut wide receiver one. He's going to get a ton of targets. He's going to be absolutely amazing. But I do at the same time, think they were leaning on Justin Jefferson too much at times last year. And it became really hard for them at the end of games when they, you know, they needed to, go down and drive and score. And their only guy was Justin Jefferson, which he's so good, but defenses can shut you down. So I think that is why they went to go get Jordan Addison. So when defenses do focus in on shutting down Justin Jefferson, they have another guy to go to Kirk Cousins doesn't have to try to force it, the ball into. So I could see his targets decreasing just a little bit there. And I do like, I really like TJ Hawkinson this year that it for a tight end to switch teams in the middle of the year and get the target share he did was really impressive. So I I do think he's used heavily and whatever reason at the end of last year, Justin Jefferson disappeared. That does scare me slightly. Like even including the playoff game. Didn't I, if I remember correctly, he didn't like go off, but his last two games in the regular season. And then his playoff game, it was like, what happened to him? It's like the defense just completely just take him out. And is that what they're going to do moving forward? Like, I don't think that's going to last, but that did worry me a little bit.
1: Yeah. Week 16, one catch for 15 yards, week 17, four catches for 38 yards. Those are your championship weeks too. You need, yeah. you need Justin Jefferson to produce, but the guy And isn't. then
0: in the playoffs, seven receptions for 47 yards. That is That's three straight games. where are like, what happened? Cause he, as we, what we know of, he wasn't injured. And these are huge games for the Vikings. And he defenses clearly figured out at that moment. Okay. This is how we can shut him down. It doesn't mean that they're going to do that next year, <clears throat> but that is why he's wide receiver two, instead of wide receiver one with a, another guy, I feel a little bit more confident that he'll get his targets and that he's just unstoppable.
1: Justin Jefferson is on the Jerry Rice track. He's freaking phenomenal. He's an absolute monster. 128 catches last year for 1,800 yards. It's like 184
0: 184 targets. though. like that's, that's not sustainable typically for guys. They don't just get that year after year after year.
1: Well, so far he has. He started out with 88, then he got 108, then he got 128 last year. He's never had lower than 1,400 yards in a season, which is an incredible statistic. Uh, I love everything about him. He's absolutely fantastic, except Kirk Cousins is his quarterback. That's the only thing I don't love, although Kirk is Kirk at Cousins
0: least- is great.
1: He's solid, at least. He's yeah. going to throw for 4,000 yards, and you know Justin Jefferson is going to have a good chunk of that. All right, so that means that your wide receiver one, and I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong, has to be Tyreek Hill.
0: It is. Yes, it's Tyreek Hill. He was a wide receiver three in fantasy points per game last year behind Jefferson and behind Cooper Cup, if we're counting his nine games. But the thing is, he had to deal with some craziness at the quarterback position. So when he was with Tua, absolutely amazing. When He he had a a couple fine games with Teddy Bridgewater. And then um, who was the quarterback that came in later on in the year? that played the uh, playoff game. I just had his
1: name in my head and then it popped back out again, but it was nobody good.
0: Yeah, it was nobody good. But the games he played with Tua and that Tua made it through the full game. That was only nine games last year that Tua made it through the full game without getting injured, without having to leave, without missing time. Or without just actually missing the full game. But in those nine games, he got to play with Tua for a full game. 120 receiving yards per game he averaged. He averaged 25 fantasy points per game, which is well, well ahead of what Justin Jefferson averaged last year. Like these are his receiving longs in the games that he played with Tua 60, 42, 45, 60, 52, 39. Like the, his receiving. He's a monster. These are his worst receiving game in a game that he played fully with Tua was 69 yards. That's that's his worst one, and he had nine receptions and a touchdown in that game. The other games: 94, 190, 72, 188, 143, 146, 81, 103. Just dominant. Now Tua might not stay healthy. That's true, but I. I'm going to take that risk with Tyreek Hill, just being such a fricking monster and d- just dominates.
1: And Mike McDaniel is there. So, you know, he's going to get him the ball. You know, he's going to be able to get him the ball in space, which obviously lets him use that speed. By the way, Skylar Thompson was the third quarterback last year for the dolphins. Now they have Mike white there. So if you're not confident into it to stay healthy, Mike white had some decent games for the jets. Garrett
0: Wilson had decent games with Mike white. But also, I think I didn't mention a big difference between Hill and Jefferson is with Tyreek kill it's Tyree kill and Jalen waddle and not a single other person in that roster that should be getting too many targets. Like really not at all. Like it goes to those two guys, which means you should also really like Jalen waddle this year, but he averaged over 11 targets per game in those nine games with Tua, over 11 targets per game. Why would that change when there's nobody else to throw the ball to?
1: The only thing I don't love about Justin Jefferson and Tyree kill, and maybe this was just a fluke thing from last year. They both only had one game with multiple touchdowns all season long. Just one. Justin Jefferson's actually came in week one, and then he never had another game all year with multiple touchdowns. Tyreek Hill only had one game with multiple touchdowns. Now, again, maybe that was because of the quarterback thing. That's totally legitimate. Just a weird quirk. And, you know, you. I just hate that you could have a guy that has – 10 catches for 110 yards and a touchdown, and then you could have some other guy that catches two touchdowns or three touchdowns with, like, 60 yards and end up having a better day. I hate that, but what can you do? Tyreek Hill, wide receiver one. So, to recap your list, you have oh, – hold on, let me take the graphic off. I can't do that when I have – there. CeeDee Lamb, number 10, Garrett Wilson, number nine, AJ Brown, eight, Devontae Adams, seven, Jamar Chase, six, Aman Ross St. Brown five. That's the most controversial, clearly. Stephon Diggs four, Cooper Cup three, Justin Jefferson two, and Tyreek Hill at number one. Who was your first out? Who is number eleven?
0: Oh, goodness. I don't I don't have that. I don't have that available. But uh, <laughs> it would probably be a, a guy like Chris Alave. I, I, what?
1: Sign me too, <laughs> says Jawan Jennings on your list. <laughs> well done. Well done. Ms. Everyone knows Michelle hates Jawan Jennings unnecessarily. Great question. Sign me two nine.
0: He would probably be about, you know, 300th, 400th <laughs> on my list. Somewhere, somewhere down there. That might be a little too high for him.
1: Did you have, would you have considered Debo or Brandon Ayuk as no. potentially number 11?
0: No. It would have gone to a guy like Chris Olave or Jalen Waddle. I think they'll have really nice seasons. Um, but I, I did remember I wanted to talk about my favorite later round wide receiver pick.
1: How late are we talking?
0: It's not. I mean, it's probably he's going right now in eighth, ninth round. Maybe okay. that increases as uh, we get through the offseason. He's a commander's wide receiver, not named Terry McLaurin. Do you want to take a guess?
1: John Dotson.
0: Good job. You did oh, get
1: it. Oh, you'll never get it. You
0: didn't know this guy's I name. didn't, I didn't, I wasn't going to give you the team. I said you wouldn't, would you have guessed his name in the first 20 names?
1: If you didn't give me the team? No. It would have been close to 20. It wouldn't have been top of mind. He wouldn't have been my guess if you didn't give me the team. But come on, give me a little credit. You didn't even think I knew his name.
0: I just said you might not, but you did a good job. Good job. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Jahan Dotson, he's going into a second Year. And typically, this is my issue with where Jahan Dotson's being drafted. He's going as the wide receiver 41, he's going as a 94th overall player. And typically, when guys are coming into their second year, they get all the buzz, they get all the hype, and they get—they are drafted too early. And we're seeing that this year. We don't know if they're getting drafted too early, but I mean, look at these second-year wide receivers with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and even guys like Christian Watson is going like wide receiver 19. And you got Traylon Burks going higher than Jahan Dotson. If Jamison Williams wasn't suspended, he would have been going high. Like these guys get the hype and get drafted high. And for some reason, with Jahan Dotson, he's not. I think mostly due to Sam Howell, but I'm not. worried about it as others. But last season, he only played 12 games because he dealt with that hamstring injury in the middle of the season, which is unfortunate for a rookie, but in his, he's had in those 12 games, he had five games with 16 plus fantasy points that was tied for the second most among rookies behind only Garrett Wilson, who had six such games. So he only had one more such game. than Jahan Dotson did, and he played 17 games while Dotson played 12 games to compare to other guys in the past, like Jamar Chase had a, a freaky, amazing rookie season. He had seven games with 16 plus fantasy points in his rookie season and 17 games played again. Dotson had five. So he started off the year. Great. Johan Jah- Dotson did. He put up 16 plus fantasy points in week one and two. He had a bad week. Three got hurt in week four, missed weeks five through nine with that hamstring injury took a bit to come back. Like it wasn't pretty, but then in three of his last five games, he put up 16 plus fantasy points. So it, it was nice to see him out there and in, in looking like himself from the beginning of the year again. And we saw a game with Sam Hall and that's when Dotson put up over 70 yards. He had three receptions for 72 yards. He had, a, um, no, that was Terry McLaurin. Sorry. I was thinking of that long catch, but he also had over 70 receiving yards in three of his last four games. I'm not saying Jahan Dotson's going to be amazing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he has just as good of a chance to be a second year breakout as any of these other guys do. And they're all going so much higher, getting all the hype. And for some reason, Johan Dotson is not. So instead of reaching on a guy like Christian Watson, just wait on Johan Dotson, who I think has just the same ability of breaking out. He's super talented. He was also a first round early first round draft pick last year. And I'm not worried about Sam Howell. He's a big, he can, he has a big arm. He could throw, he can hit guys. Like Sam Howell is going to get the ball into the right spot. I'm not worried about that.
1: And you don't know how Christian Watson is going to look without Aaron Rogers there. I know that Washington hasn't had a good quarterback and Dotson still put up decent production. So that's more reassuring from that perspective. Cause I don't know what the hell to think about Jordan love. So I guess that could give you some comfort. I just, I don't, Generally like to have any Washington players on my team because that franchise has been such a dumpster fire for most of my life. But
0: you know Terry Moore- McLaurin's been pretty good.
1: He has been true, not on my team though. I never drafted him. Yeah, oh.
0: well, but he also goes pretty high for his name and what he did as a rookie. So, like that's what I'm saying again. Like Jahan Dotson could have just as good of a season as Terry McLaurin, if not better. I mean, they did draft Dotson in the middle of the first round. So they do expect him to be heavily involved. There's no reason that he couldn't take over as a wide receiver one, have a better season. And everyone's just ignoring that his potential.
1: I like it. I like that. It's a very good sleeper pick. There's no reason. I mean, Terry McLaurin has been good, but not like amazing. He's given you like 1100 yards, seven, eight touchdowns, which is a fine, fine season, but that's like a Brandon cooks year, basically more or less. It's not like he's like this untouchable wide receiver one. I wouldn't mind seeing some good things happen for that franchise too. Now that Daniel Snyder is going to be gone, hopefully in about what is it, oh, 13 days, two weeks, basically, hopefully, and then they'll uh, finally vote him out. So I like that as a good sleeper pick for you. You continue to disrespect the 49ers wide receivers. That's fine. I'm sure the people out there will forgive you.
0: I had Debo low in my rankings. Last. Remember I had him at like wide receiver nine and you guys did not like that.
1: But and He had a terrible year. A terrible, own year.
0: Yeah. a terrible year. This is the thing is I you know wide receiver rankings are so hard because as I said it's really really hard to justify not putting these elite wide receivers in the top 10 but at the same time the same like the leaderboard doesn't look the same from year to year to year so like me having all these elite wide receivers in the top 10 one, one two many multiple of them could disappoint next year something could change somebody some quarterback could be injured or just they're not getting the same targets as they typically do, or just whatever could happen. So that's like the hardest part with ranking wide receivers.
1: It's, I feel like it's a, it's like that every year. When I was younger, I feel like you could count on the same people year after year to be on top of the totals. And now it's like totally random. I'm trying to look. So the last guy to lead the league in receptions two years in a row was Michael Thomas, 2018, 2019, which by the way, that feels like a billion years ago. Is that guy even like still playing? Did he retire? He's yet? supposed
0: to be this year. with the Yeah.
1: Saints. I, I wouldn't draft him with somebody else's team. Uh, the last person to lead the league in receiving yards two years ago, or, or back-to-back years, I should say. Oh my God, we got to go way back. Uh, is this true? I can't even believe this. It's been a while. Let's just say that. I can't even find it yet. I don't know. It's, but it's been a while. So it's dicey. You, you, there's an element of risk and chance and all of that in these rankings. So I get you being bold. I like it.
0: I wasn't even that bold. That's what I don't like. (laughs)
1: What would you, what would you like? Jahan Dotson, wide receiver one?
0: No, but I would, I don't know. Like, I just know that. Yes, yeah, Stephon Diggs and Tyree Kill and Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown and Devontae Adams. They should all be in the top 10. It's just not as fun when you just have that many elite people that you just know should be in the top 10.
1: Let me ask you this. Would you rather have – or who puts up better numbers? Let's just say that. Wide receiver one, so in this case Tyree Kill because he was your wide receiver one, or Travis Kelsey, tight end one.
0: Oh. Oh my goodness,
1: right? It's tough.
0: And when it comes to Tyree Hill compared to, you know, an Amon Ross St. Brown, like wide receiver one to wide receiver five, it might not be all that different, but when you're comparing Travis, Kelsey tight end one, putting up wide receiver, top wide receiver numbers and tight end five or even tight end three. It's a massive, massive difference. So I love your point. You're saying take Travis Kelsey over any of these guys.
1: Well, I'm just, I was just wondering, Like, let's say you're on the clock and you could either have no wide receivers have been taken and Travis Kelsey's on the board. You're saying take Travis Kelsey because the difference is not going to be that big. And the, the difference in Kelsey versus other tight ends is huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. By the way,
1: uh, Calvin oh, yeah, Johnson yeah. was the last guy to lead the league in receiving yards in back-to-back years in 2011, 2012.
0: So it wasn't so just, as far back as you thought.
1: No, I was looking at the wrong thing, but still the fact that it's only happened, you know, One time in the last 10 years is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. That's our show. Top 10 wide receivers officially in the book. So we have done quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Next week we're doing tight ends. And then the week after that, we're in You're going to make
0: me do 10 tight ends. Yes. 10 tight ends.
1: Which there's part of even, that?
0: There's not even ten good tight ends in the NFL.
1: That's the point, though. People out there are going to get stuck with some of these bad tight ends, and then I guess it'll the- be a lot
0: more useful than telling you that Justin Jefferson is good.
1: There you go. See, you poo-pooed it, and now you're on my side. And I had to yeah, do great. Yeah, but it's work. a lot.
0: It's going to be hard for me. Goodness gracious, a lot of work. Sorry.
1: You know, this is why we pay you the big bucks. Oh yeah, <laughs> but we're like, we're through it now. We're going to do tight ends next week. And then we're into training camp because the rookies report on July 18th and then the vets report the week after that. So we'll do tight ends and then bam, we're in it. I love well,
0: it. What's the number one thing you're anticipating for a training camp? Like all you want to know the quarterback. First day.
1: quarterback battle starting only, um, is Brock there. What is he doing? Because, you know, maybe he's going to be throwing it around a little bit. I don't know. So I'm interested to see what they do with that because I'm worried that they're going to rush him back too quickly. So I'm interested to see, like, how much they have him doing. And then if he's not there, what is it with Trey and Sam and how does Trey look? That That's my number one thing. Like There's other stuff I fully admit, okay, before everyone shouts me down. There's other stuff. And we will talk about that other stuff. But the most important thing to me is the quarterback stuff. And that's what I'm going to be watching.
0: Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, how could it be anything else? If anyone says anything else, they're just lying, trying to come up with something else.
1: Right. Like, it's clearly the most important We're not thing. getting
0: kicker rankings. You're lucky you're getting tight end rankings.
1: <laughs> Sign me two nine <laughs> says they want kicker <laughs> rankings. That's fantastic. Uh, Michelle doesn't even play with kickers in her league. She doesn't play with kickers. She's. I would do defensive
0: rankings before I would do kicker rankings.
1: She's a serious fantasy player. You want to hear a crazy stat for kickers? Sure. Justin Tucker has never been the highest scoring kicker in any season of his career, and he's universally acknowledged as the best kicker. Isn't that weird?:
0: That is very weird. Ha. Maybe see? the Ravens score too many points, or not? I don't know. Maybe it's every time weird. they get to the red zone, they score.
1: I mean, I know you don't want to talk about this, but if you're going for a kicker don't pick the kicker with a good offense. You want a kicker with an offense that's good enough to move down the field, but not you want good A mediocre. Enough offense. Touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really what you want is the 49ers kicker for years. They were, they were fantastic because the offense had no problem going down the field and then they would always stall out in the red zone. That's really what you want for your kicker. I think that's that- why
0: Graham Gano was so good last year. Cause the giants were that exact team. Like <laughs> they were decent enough and then, but not good. Great. It was perfect.
1: Why? I have noticed that basically like playing with a kicker now is now like an anomaly. The norm is no more kickers. Why did we just get rid of kickers?
0: Because there's no like so for so much of fantasy, a, it is random at times, but there are there's ways that you can predict certain things that happen or at least research about it, or at least have some idea what might happen and make it an intellectual, prediction, right? There there's actual measurements behind them. Why these guys should be good or bad with kickers. It's completely, completely random. And you can lose a huge game in fantasy because one kicker scores 25 points in one game that like, it just happened to be that that team stalled out in this perfect spot over and over and over again. It could, it could be nothing even special that the kicker does. Like he makes a bunch of 26 yard field goals, but he happens to get to kick five of them. Like, it's just like, it's not, and it's, it's so random kickers. You cannot predict who's going to have a good kicking game. You just can't. Like you just said, Justin Tucker, the best tight, the best kicker in the league, never even finished number one. Like it's just too random.
1: You're saying it's more random than the randomness that happens with other players. Cause there are weeks where some dude just randomly has like three receiving touchdowns. You're saying it's even more random than that. Yes. Okay. I, I guess that, that just seems weird to me. To me, there's always an element of, we don't know what these guys are going to do yet. Yeah, for some reason we don't tolerate that with kickers, but we tolerate it with everybody else. That seems weird to me.
0: Cause there's just more data behind the other guys and there's actually ways to somewhat predict what they're going to do. And there's just none of that with kickers.
1: I feel like there is definite, there has been a definite shift, not only in fantasy, but especially with like analytics and stuff. Fans, value and they look to like what they think should happen. This should have happened. Well, this kicker shouldn't have had as good of a day as he did. Like, and they get really caught up on that in, and in that, as opposed to like what actually happens. That's that does frustrate me a little bit.
0: Yeah, maybe I just think with kickers, you could just put in, I don't know. Like, there's just nothing behind it. And like, just because your kicker didn't get a chance to kick that day, but another, like with all these other players, they always get a chance to be on the field to show what they can do. I mean, as long as they're healthy, some, some of these times it's kickers never even get the chance to kick a field goal because they just happened to play that way in that game. And it's not always what happens in those games, but they just never had a chance to run out there. It's like, okay, my guy didn't even touch the field and your guy just happened to get, to get out there 10 times. Like, That's not, that's just not a thing that you can predict and not, I I know it's not all fair and fantasy, but that's just one thing. But when you're starting a guy, you expect him to be on the field, right? And if they're not on the field, that sucks.
1: And what about defenses? Defenses, you can't say that about.
0: Yeah, you can, I I play with defense. You do? Yeah, their defense is always on the field. They always have a chance.
1: Well, then why aren't we doing top 10 defenses?
0: I, because I don't want to. (laughs)
1: all right you know what that's a that's an honest answer you'll always get an authenticity here on the gold standard podcast network uh please rate review and follow the gold standard network wherever you get your audio podcasts and like and subscribe to the youtube channel we just went over four thousand subscribers michelle i'm super pumped about it we had a ton of people come over right in february during the playoffs, when, you know, after I had gotten laid off and now I really appreciate everybody climbing on board. People are seeing what we're doing. You're seeing the consistency. We're always there, all the live shows, and we're so grateful for your support. Hop on board now because there is going to be plenty more coming once the season starts. Have a good weekend, everybody. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Hope you have a mimosa in hand. Oh, yeah. And I'll talk to you next week.
0: Bye, y'all. <laughs>